from Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. You are listening to Global Frequencies. Diverse province, diverse voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians, AMC, with funding from the Government of Canada and Government of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Welcome to the Association for New Canadians Black Excellence NL podcast series on global frequencies. I'm your host, Barb Walsh, and today our guest is Daidan Ashanta. Welcome to the Association for New Canadians Black Excellence in Newfoundland and Labrador podcast series. Today, our guest is Daidan Ashanta. Diana Nishanta is a resilient strategist and migrant integration specialist who loves to promote simplicity, joy, and resiliency to everyone she encounters. Born and raised in Jamaica, she has spent the last 20 years traveling, working, and studying throughout the Caribbean, North America, Europe, Africa, and Asia. Dyden founded Resilient Foreigner to help people overcome the social isolation, cultural fatigue, and financial insecurity that they are faced with after moving to a new country. She is on a mission to equip 1 million foreign workers and international students from around the world to become resilient foreigners. Welcome, Dyden. Thank you, Barb. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you know, the pleasure is all ours. So, (laughs) Dyden, tell me, how long have you been in Newfoundland, Labrador? This August, August 2022, makes it three years. Wow, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Already, so you survived Snowmageddon and the pandemic in Newfoundland. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I can't think of a better time to have come than right before Snowmageddon. Yes, (laughs) I myself, I, I, I'm almost here three years as well. So I'm experiencing all the same things you are. So Diane, you're also the author, and I didn't mention that in the intro, but I wanted to say it up front. You're also the author of Green Smoothies. Tell me yeah, a bit about true. that. Okay, so that book is titled Jamaican Green Smoothies, The Essential Guide to Transforming Your Life One Cup at a Time with the Leafy Greens and Fruits in Your Backyard. And I authored that book because of my passion around wellness And when you think of personal resilience, you can't leave out your body. It has to be holistic, you know, body, mind, and spirit. And with the body aspect, I try to push plant-based diet, um, which means I encourage people to consume as many foods that come from the earth um, with an emphasis on dark green leafy vegetables. So when you think about dark green leafy vegetables, people immediately think of either a big green salad or they think of having a stir fry or some saute. Exactly. That was my sentence. (laughs) (laughs) But there is an easier way to fill up your, you say, daily vegetable requirements. And that would be your fruit and vegetable requirements can be met easily by having a green smoothie a day. And I found that a lot of people would approach me and say, you know, I really want to make healthier food choices, but it's really a struggle. I love this or I love that or I hate green. I hate vegetables, I hate fruits. And I'm like, you know, what do you do? And when I I found out about green smoothies and the whole concept of being able to put one or two handfuls of dark green leafy vegetables in a blender with some water or your favorite fruit juice or nut milk, and you blend that up with say three cups of fruit. And when you open the blender, it might look green, but you smell pure 
fruit, heaven. And so if you can think of any, if you've never had a, had a smoothie, think of like a blend between, say, fruit juice and milkshake, or think of like a fruit slushy. If you can think of a fruit slushy, but a little bit creamier, because I like to use what I call creamy fruits, like mangoes, bananas, papayas, those fruits that give that kind of dense, emulsified kind of feel in your mouth. Mm. When you have all of that together, you get addicted. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to run a a challenge where people would try to see if they can have a cup a day for 30 days. And usually by week two, people like don't need their coffee anymore. They are getting into this thing. They're like, oh, you know, I'm making healthier snack choices or I'm starting to eat salads because slowly the consumption of dark green leafy vegetables in the form of a beverage changes your palate. So it rewires the things that you crave. And so without me telling you, stop eating this and eat more of that, just that one habit of having a green smoothie every day rewires what you feel an appetite for, what you're attracted to. You're like, hmm, green things look cool now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that challenge. And as of Monday, I'm starting my green smoothie, Jamaican green smoothie, a day drink. (laughs) And I will let you know in a couple of weeks, because so far, based on the, you know, a few people that I've spoken to that have tried this, they're Mm -hmm. very happy with it. And they're very happy that they started it. And you're right. They did say that now they do consume more vegetables apart from the smoothie in a natural automatic way. So that's amazing. So thank you for that. Now (laughs) let's, let's get to the part, you know, your resilient strategist and a migrant integration specialist. What is that? Okay. So I base a lot of what I do on personal resilience. And if anyone, you know, it's, it's a word that has become more commonly used since the pandemic. And a lot of people aren't really sure what exactly does resilience mean. And a visual of resilience is a rubber ball. It doesn't matter where you knock it or what you use to push it down, it will spring back up, right? Absolutely. That's what resilience is. It is your ability to bounce back, to recover from any crisis, any adversity, illnesses, detours, delays. So all the undesirables that are inevitable in life, once you encounter them, you have the capacity, the inner strength, the wherewithal to get through it and not be broken, to get back to your original state. So whether it be physical resilience, like getting ill and then you're back to normal, or it could be mental resilience, um, having a difficult time, whether through the thoughts that you're dealing with, emotions that you have have to struggle through. It's the ability to get through it without breaking because the difference between something that's flexible and malleable and something that's rigid is that when stressors come, the rigid things break. Yes. And a lot of people like to focus on strength and not understanding that there is strength like plank of wood. That kind of strength with pressure will break and will cause splintering mm-hmm. and injury. But when you think of strength of, say, rubber, it can stretch it can change shape it can bounce it can repel and that's what I think of when I talk about resilience and the strategies that I share with people strategies tools systems that I share with persons that help them to develop that kind of inner strength to 
come through the challenges they face, particularly when they're living outside of their home country. So mainly this is for newcomers or is it for everyone? Okay, so I focus on temporary residents and I want to say temporary residents are not newcomers because having lived in other countries on work permit or a study permit, I know the limitations in terms of support that is available to someone who is a temporary resident. When you move to a country as say the spouse of a native or you um, arrive, you land say in Canada as a permanent resident or a refugee, there are certain supports that are waiting on you before you even Absolutely. arrive. And, and as you know, the Association for New Canadians provides those assistances for our government assisted refugees that arrive. Exactly. So there are a lot of built-in cushions and provisions for persons um, when they arrive in those kind of permanent statuses. Whereas when you come as an international student or as a foreign worker, you are pretty much on your own. Whatever orientation your employer or your educational institution provides, that's it. If you don't have family and friends in the receiving community who will have your back, then you have to figure out a lot on your own. And in many cases, the people who choose the path of, say, going to work abroad or study abroad, they are pursuing economic mobility. They are seeking social mobility on behalf of their family back home. So there's a lot weighing on them. And then they run a up lot. in <laughs> a lot weighing on them. <laughs> and then they run up in things no one told them was waiting um, after you get off the plane. And then suddenly they're wondering, you know, can I really go after my dreams? Can I really be the person that changes um, the future for my family? That sort of thing. And it can be a big mental strain. Huge. Um, As you know, I was the manager of settlement services and I've seen firsthand the mental strain that they go through with all these pressures because you know what? My family helped me gather the money to pay for my tuition. I have to make them proud. I have to do all. So the pressure is on them and then they don't have any support sometimes when they're here. Exactly. There's no opportunity to do what I call mental release. And it is that... Um, mental buildup of stress and strain Um, and it's coming from those who love you and want the best for you and then you're dealing with the mental strain from people who have no idea who you are or what you fought through to get to where you are and they make assumptions about you Uh, you may face biases and discrimination just ignorance alone puts a lot of barriers in front of you. If there are resources available to you, but you don't know about it, you suffer, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, so, so that sort of thing. And so apart from your personal resilience in terms of the habits that you cultivate to ensure that you replenish your inner strength for each new day because every day we get out so we land and we're like wow I'm in Canada or I'm in Japan or I'm in the UK and you feel excited I've made it the dream has been fulfilled and you feel like yes I can do anything and so you're at level 10 right you're like I can do anything anything made it yeah you're at level 10 and then you go outside and you ask a question and the person responding to you doesn't understand your accent and so they brush you off or you don't get the help and suddenly you begin to question yourself. So it's going down, right? Yes. That inner yes. strength. Down that to two. Is, 
it's going down. And then you head out to somewhere and you expect to be able to purchase, let's say, your favorite food. And you hit three different food service providers and they don't have what you're used to. You don't know what all this thing is. It's like, I don't know these foods. Like, that's weird to me. And now you start to panic because everything is unfamiliar. This is where the cultural fatigue starts, right? Because you're like, why aren't things working the way I expect them to? And then you say, okay, I have a roommate. Let me go hang with them. And you make a joke and they don't get the joke. In fact, they're offended because you said something that was culturally inappropriate. But you don't know. You're just being you. You have no clue. So by the time your head hits the pillow, and this is just day one. (laughs) (laughs) You You don't know if you want to get up the next day. (laughs) Yep, you are depleted. So what are those habits that you cultivate to make sure that you can bring yourself back to level 10 for day two and day 200? So what you do is basically help the person. So you help individuals keep stay at that number 10 or eight where they should be and not fall down by the the culture shock, uh, people not understanding your accent, all of these different things. So you do you work with these people one-on-one? So there are rare cases where I will do one-on-one consulting and working with persons, but I find that we thrive in community. People need each other. And when you are already away from home, you are already isolated. Social isolation is the biggest mental killer for everyone. And so me working with someone one-on-one is not as beneficial as if they are working in community, in our group. And so I prefer to do workshops and to coach people in a group setting because they can feed off each other's energy. They can find out that I'm not the only one dealing with this because when they share their experience, someone will say, oh yes, it happened to me too, but this is what I did to to deal with the situation. And so you don't feel like something is wrong with you because you realize it's just a part of the journey of being away from home. Yes. Oh, that is excellent. So your your goal is, because you're on a mission to equip yes. 1 million foreign workers and international students yes. from around the world. Yes. Why did you choose that number 1 million? Okay. So for one, a lot of people don't know that this category of people I refer to as migrant workers and students, people who are living in another country on a work permit or study permit, there are over 282 million people in that status today around the world. Wow. Wow. Had no idea about those numbers. Wow. Over 282 million people. That's just work permits and study permits. It doesn't include all those other immigration classes. And in Canada alone, we have over a million. Wow. Now, my audience is much farther (laughs) than Canada. (laughs) Multiple continents, different countries, and different, yes, different nationalities in different countries. So when I have, say, my virtual events, I will have people showing up from Japan, from the Philippines, wow. from, the UK, from Bahamas, from Jamaica, from um, all across Canada, all across the U.S. And wow. so these are people with varying backgrounds, but the same experiences, even when they're in different countries, in different scenarios, the story, the journey is the same. And the tools that you need to go through this journey are the same. Ah, okay. So you don't only help people nationwide, you help people internationally, worldwide. Internationally. Wow. Because my my journey has taken me all across the earth. I noticed and I love that. (laughs) I love that you're a woman of the world, Caribbean, which is mm, (laughs) North America, Europe, Africa, Asia. I mean, 
That's yeah. that's a lot. So you deal with. So if somebody is somewhere out there and they want to get in touch, they want to be a part of your workshops. And I, I'm a newcomer. I just arrived in Japan. How do yeah. I reach out to? How do I get in touch with you? All right, so they could easily. I mean, many people hop into my DMs, <laughs> but it's it's best to go to resilientforeigner.com or dianahashanta.com. And once you get onto the website, um, both websites have um, contact forms where you can hop in and share your scenario. Depending on what your need is, then I could send you specific links to say, okay, here's a workshop that you can take on demand, or here is um, a link to get a one-on-one session consultation with me, that sort of thing. Uh, I've been connecting with different organizations, local and otherwise, to arrange for individuals who have come to these organizations for help, but the organization doesn't necessarily have the resources that I provide, then we can make a partnership so that I can deliver these workshops, these trainings, these consultations to their clients so that they aren't left out in the cold, you know, I because know. I find I found just from being here in um, Newfoundland that a lot of the resources that are, are provided to foreign born residents, whether temporary or permanent, are designed to let the foreigner figure out how things work here, which is amazing. However, what's happening to the foreigner, their transformation, their identity is shifting in ways that they aren't even aware. And so the personal development aspect of it to find out what was your dream when you got on the plane? What are the steps that you need to take to get there? That goal setting element is very important because a lot of people, they knew the goal to get to Canada, to get to Japan, or to get to Jamaica, wherever it is they're living now. But then when they get there to figure out how to accomplish the goal, whether the goal is to complete their master's or to save up $5 million so they can go back home and buy a home or to pay off their um, student loans or start a business, whatever that goal was when they got on the plane, they know what the goal is. But fleshing out that goal in Jamaica is different from fleshing it out in Newfoundland or fleshing it out in Tokyo or in Lagos or every, every environment requires different strategies, different tools, different connections to accomplish the same goal. And putting them in a position to figure that out within the context, I think that's where a lot of agencies and different groups, they don't get that part. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. That's why we have you doing it. Now, let me ask you, is there a fee for your services? Yes, of course. So if you're connecting with me through an agency, then in many cases, it's free to the the end user and the organization would have covered that. But if someone is coming to me one-on-one, then there are fees for consultations versus fees for participating in workshops. But because I do know that many of the persons who are on work permits, study permits are lower income or limited in their resources, then I make sure these are affordable. A 
lot of organizations require people to travel to their offices to participate in workshops or seminars at the access. Our system is built for everything to be digitally accessible because I'm dealing with multiple time zones. So if I'm having a session at 11 a.m. Newfoundland time, people in Asia are asleep, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly, so, and, exactly. And, and being able to straddle multiple time zones, it requires a lot of of planning to get that done. And on occasion, I do have live events, but I prefer to have them on demand. So when you are, say, someone from Barbados, you're living in Toronto and you have three different jobs, you might only have 30 minutes in between jobs and sleeping and everything else to work on this particular project. Let's say I'm taking you through the goal setting process. You just have 30 minutes. So if all you have is 30 minutes, you log in, you complete 30 minutes of the work, and then tomorrow you come back and it's another 30 minutes. I'm not requiring you to show up for three hours at this particular location. You have to travel, you have to take time Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yes. All those sort of things. Which a lot of people don't understand. So when people are in a strange place and they're working maybe two or three jobs because they're survival jobs and they're trying to accomplish their goals, whether it's to yep. pay for school or whatever it may be, it's yeah. hard to do that. So it's great that you give provision for people who are on the go and just trying yes. to survive. Yes. So that's amazing, amazing work. So if somebody is listening right now, I know you said it earlier, I'm going to get you to say it again. And everyone, we will have these up on the podcast series on the ANC Association for New Canadians website of how you can reach out to Didan. Can we get how to reach you again, please? Yes. So the, the main places to connect with me are resilientforeigner.com or didanashanta.com. So those are the websites where you can reach out to me. If you wanted to send an email, it would be info at resilientforeigner.com. All right. Thank you so much, Dayden. Thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. And of course, I'm all covering about Black excellence here in Newfoundland. And uh, (laughs) thank you for joining us. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Well, that's it, everybody, for our first episode of ANC's Black Excellent podcast on global frequencies. If you're from the Black community and would like assistance and support such as networking, settlement-related issues, or experiencing isolation and culture shock of being in a new country and need to be connected, please reach out to me at bwalsh at ancnl.ca. Until next time, this is Barb Walsh on Black Excellence. Thank you for listening to Global Frequencies. Diverse province, diverse voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians, ANC, with funding from the Government of Canada and Government of Newfoundland and Labrador. The Association for New Canadians, ANC, is an organization that has helped refugees and immigrants to Newfoundland and Labrador for more than 40 years. The ANC delivers programs and services that support all aspects of newcomer integration, ranging from settlement information and orientation to language learning, skills development, and employment. If you are a newcomer in Newfoundland and Labrador and need our help, contact us, ancnl.ca. See you next time.